ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನೌಪುನಕ್ತು ಸಹವೀರ್ಯಂ ಕರವಾವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವತೀತಮಸ್ತಮಾವಿರ್ವಿಷಾವಹೈ ಓಂ ಶಾಂತಿ ಎನಿ ಕ್ವಶನ್ಸ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ಎನಿ ಒನ್ ಲಾಸ್ಟ್ ಕ್ಲಾಸ್ ಎನಿ ಕ್ಲಾಸ್ So we finished uh, the chapter on uh, action exigency of action and we started strength of emotion so just a f- quick recap three types of action what are the three types of action selfish unselfish and selfless and the differences both uh, selfish you do for your own benefit unselfish you do to help someone else but you you know you do it because of your desires and then selfless is because you ought to do it perfect does everyone understand the difference selfish unselfish selfless <coughs> just doing what you ought to do without any motives that way what's the advantage of selfless service selfish you understand everyone understands selfish everyone understands unselfish selfless not creating new desires you're creating new desires so when you are creating new desires you're reducing whatever desires you you have through make sense so don't create new desires <laughs> finish off all the old ones advise we keep topping them and topping them and the more desires the more agitations remember one thing only selfish people feel insecure no matter how rich that's a law of life only selfish people feel insecure so is irrelevant of money this is what we're saying what if someone takes it i have 30 million i lost 2 million insecurity and being envious of those who have more yeah so the bottom line is that you're agitated no matter what you have and agitations mean suffering renunciation renunciation what is renunciation <coughs> just covering a bit of uh, the last chapter letting go of your ego once again it comes down to doing what you ought to do as rishi said when you're doing what you ought to do you're doing it without an ego my job is to be a mother okay just be a mother my job is to be a teacher let me just teach no ego 
Be objective. Don't be influenced by your likes and dislikes. So if you're influenced by likes and dislikes, you're not doing what you ought to do. You may not want to do what you're supposed to do if you go by your likes and dislikes. Like, likes and dislikes come from the mind. This is what we're saying. The mind is like a child. It wants everything and anything. It can ask for anything at any time. Isn't it? True? Mind can ask anything at any time. Doesn't make it right. If you act with ego, then the work will suffer. This will affect your peace and happiness. This is a law. See, we're all looking for happiness and peace. So this is telling you how to act in the world, no matter what you are doing, where you will generate peace and happiness. So reduce your ego, be unselfish. This all helps you to uh, find that peace and happiness that we're all looking for. Whatever we're doing in life, whatever action we're performing, the result is we're looking for peace and happiness, isn't it? You buy a bunch of flowers for your Joshnabin, ultimately you're looking for peace and happiness. Because <laughs> you know, if you, if you don't buy it, there's going to be agitations. <laughs> ultimately, all our actions are for that peace and happiness. flowers at me. You're not getting any peace and happiness. Take them back. <laughs> but this is what we're talking about. Whatever action we do. So this is what we're saying. Ultimately, whatever we're doing is to. So, Drew, you might say, well, I'm always happy with my partner. So bringing flowers will bring you that more extra happiness. Ultimately, that's what we're after. So one other fundamental thing about action. When you're acting, don't worry about the past or be anxious of the future. Just act in the present. Right now, you're here. We're studying this subject as a class. Where is your mind? Where are your thoughts? They could be on, when is it going to be 12 o'clock? They could be on, what we're going to have for lunch? What did I have for dinner? Why is the picking on you? You know? <laughs> so, where are your thoughts? Keep them here in the present. Whatever you do, because if you do, then your actions will become better. Don't worry about the past. Past you can't change. We all know. Everyone sends these quotes about past. WhatsApp, isn't it? Past is in the past. Future is not happened. You see so many of these types of quotes. Be in the present. So just do what you ought to do without any desires. And get out. This is your role as a human being. That's the best you can do. Do what you have to do and get out. Don't worry about anything else. Sandhya? Any questions on that? When we say focus on the present, 
because the mind vacillates between past and future, it's like that pendulum of a clock, tick-tock, tick-tock, where it should just, have just be in the middle. How do we actually do that in practice? Um, I know we strength, we've got to strengthen our intellect to control the mind, um, but it seems to be sometimes, however developed your intellect is, that it's a harder task than you imagine it to be, however developed you are. See, it depends on, I mean, everyone's mind is different, yeah? So, it depends on how, uh, how badly your mind goes to the past and future. Maybe you're doing something boring that you're not enjoying, then there's more chances of it happening. If it's something that you enjoy doing, there's less chances of it happening. Um, but you're right, you have to have a developed intellect to be able to do that. But just being aware okay, you know what, I need to focus on this. I have to be careful where my mind is going. I have to concentrate. I'm going to be aware. When my mind jumps to anything, I'm going to try and be aware and bring it back to this now present. So it's that awareness. And if you're prepared, when it does happen, and it still will happen, you're more aware and you're bringing it back. You're not letting it do what it needs, whatever it's doing on its own. It's just that awareness. And as you said, the stronger the intellect, the stronger that awareness. But it will happen, that level of concentration. Especially with something like this, when you're studying this subject, there's more chances of it happening. It's funny, when you're watching a movie, it doesn't happen. Why is that? Because you're not involved. You've just switched off. The mind is just like watching. You don't have to think. If it's a boring film, then you fall asleep. So certain actions that you're doing, you have to be more aware than other actions. You, only you are, you, only you know what those are. But it's being aware of it. My mind will do this. I need to be aware. It's important. I've got an exam tomorrow. I've got to study. I can't afford to let my mind wander. Is she? Happens, isn't it? it? Happens to everyone. It's the it's the nature of the mind. But the nature of the intellect is to keep the control of the mind. So this is why we need to develop here. Is that okay? So, so without going, just to expand that a bit further, without going to um, meditation, where you're focusing on a single thought, because uh, that's a very very difficult practice. Um, what can we do, perhaps on a simple task on a daily basis, to get acclimatized to focusing on the present or the action that we're actually doing? Is there anything simple that we can do? Only thing you can do is just be aware. Okay. Yeah. I mean, how many people are aware when they do any action? My mind will do this, therefore I must be careful. You never do say that before you take any action. But if you're aware of it, then you can bring it back into... Uh, into line. Where it may go, we start uh, digressing for five, ten minutes. Being aware, you may be able to control that for two minutes. Okay. Yeah? Right. For 100% focus, 
you need 100% of your intellect to control it. So what you're doing is practicing to reduce it by being aware. Yeah, does that make sense? It's a technique called noting, where you just... Okay, I'm not aware of it, but... It's a meditation technique, where you learn it during meditation, but you apply it during the day, is whenever a thought comes into your mind which takes you away from the present, you note it as a thinking or feeling, and then by you being aware of that, you're less likely for it to happen again, because you've noted it, aware of it, and then you bring yourself back to the present. So there's a similar technique to what we just talked about, isn't it? Yeah. 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 But ultimately, yeah, ultimately it's being aware. The stronger the intellect, the, 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 the more you'll be aware and more you'll be able to pull it back. Where after a while you'll just be doing, it'll come naturally. But in different areas it'll be different. This is the point. So, strength of emotion. We said that uh, this knowledge helps you develop deeper feelings. Takes you from being selfish to unselfish. Increases your love from just your family to all living beings. It increases your circle of identification by studying this subject. It teaches you, shows you how to develop yourself into a perfect human being. Who wants to be a perfect human being? Not necessarily. A lot of people say I'm perfect already. You've got to understand what perfect is. You have to understand what perfection is. Someone might think perfect human being is whatever sport he's doing, I'm perfect in, therefore I'm now perfect in that. It depends on your area of perfection. We're saying spiritually, perfect human being. Depends on, a per, 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 depends on a person's idea of what perfection is. So we're, st we're learning what perfection is. And this, this subject teaches you how to gain that, get there. You said most people function on surface emotions. A person who studies this subject acts from deeper emotions. The greatest emotions are deep, you don't express them. So you feel, but you don't break down. A person may suddenly just break down but has no feelings. So it develops deep emotions. We said don't act on emotions. If you let your emotions control you, it can destroy you. And we talked about Shakespeare's <coughs> plays, one of them King Lear. Everyone was here last week, wasn't it? Yeah, so I don't need to go over that. A lot of Shakespeare's uh, plays are based on people losing their emotion, uh, lo losing control of their emotions. Greed, envy, jealousy, ego. That's it. Any questions on last week's class? So now we're going to talk about some of the emotions in more depth. How do you control emotions? What do we control emotions with? Once again, it's the same answer. What do we control? Intellect. Intellect. 
my mind is wandering, I need to bring it back. My mind is getting, taking over, getting emotional, I need to get it, bring it back. When I'm emotional, I do silly things. So it's just awareness again. You have to control the emotions of the mind with intellect. Use your emotions, but don't become emotional. So there's a difference. What's the difference? Use your emotions, but don't become emotional. person needs emotions. What happened? Somebody passed away. I'm here for you. You need me. You're using it. If you break down with that person as well, oh no, how can you help that person? You need a third person to come and help both of you. You become emotional. You're no use to anybody. Use your emotions. Don't become emotional. Make sense? Okay, so we're starting off with para uh, where it starts with Oliver Goldsmith. So this talks about a poem. So. Oliver Goldsmith portrays an ideal human being in his poem, The Village Preacher. The poet describes the village preacher as one whose intellect regains over the mind's feelings and emotion. His heart is replete with chaste emotions for his fellow beings, but never does he let his emotions disturb his intellectual poise. His head rules his heart. Goldsmith uses a striking metaphor to describe the grandeur of the preacher's personality. Compares him to a tall cliff that rises well above the level of the clouds. The clouds gather around the breast of the mountain, but do not disturb the serenity of the peak. The clouds represent the emotions of the <coughs> mind, the peak, the intellect. The emotions of the preacher never unsettle his intellectual awareness. The poem concludes with this metaphor. To them his heart, his love, his grief were given, but all his serious thoughts had rest in heaven. As some tall cliff that lifts its awful form, swells from the veil and midway leaves the storm. Though round its breast the rolling clouds are spread, eternal sunshine settles on its head. Does everyone understand that? What's it saying? So Oliver Goldsmith, um, he, wrote, he wrote this poem, The Village Preacher. So we're not going to read that because it's a whole class. But anyone who wants to read it can read it. So it's about a priest in a small village. And you know, in these small villages, they have a church that everyone gets together and so on. And the preacher there is available to everyone, his whole communal. All sorts of people come to him for help, support, advice. And he plays that role. But his intellect is clear. He's not, he's not disturbed by anybody's problems, his, anybody's emotions, 
someone passes away, he has to deal with that. Somebody uh, gets into a problem, he has to deal with everyone's issues. But his clarity of thought is always above that. So that metaphor, it says, to them his heart, his love, his griefs were given. So to all his, all his people, all the people in the village who needed his help, he was, he was there for them. But all his serious thoughts had rest in heaven. So the metaphor is some tall cliff that lifts, lifts its awful form, swells from the veil and midway leaves the storm. Though round its breast the rolling clouds are spread, eternal sunshine settles on its head. So all the clouds represent all everyone's problems. He keeps them there. He doesn't let it go above. His head is always clear. So this is how we need to act. Always keep your head clear, your intellect clear, whatever issues are happening in the world. Don't lose your clarity of thought. So please feel free to read the poem. It's quite a long poem. Uh, and anybody has any questions, they can always ask. But it's a whole class, so we don't, we're not going to go go to that. He didn't affect, whatever problems people had, it didn't affect his clarity of thinking. This is how we need to deal with our own issues in life. So you need to act in the world, lend your emotions to whoever needs them. But you make sure your head is above the clouds. Meaning you're in full control of your own emotions. Otherwise you're no use to anybody. Something happens somewhere, you get involved, you can't control your emotions. Especially if you're more of an emotional person, you have to be even more careful. to other people's problems relatively but you it's much more difficult to deal with your own problems or ups and downs in life and be objective with something that you're experiencing personally you're involved with your own feelings when it comes to third party you have you have more clarity because you're not involved yeah, but to say that you wouldn't be affected by no. a significant problem that you might have, I don't know if it's... Does everyone understand what I was trying to say? Can you, re can you explain it again? So, so if you have a problem, for example, I can be objective, yeah, and not be affected by it and think, you know, okay, I'm here to help you, but actually it's your problem. You're going to deal with it. I will help you the best way I can. If we turn it around and if that was my problem, how can I look at it objectively and think with my intellect that this is a, it's, a, it's so much more challenging. Absolutely. Why? Because it's my problem. <laughs> it's your involvement. You are more involved with your problem than with someone else's. You can walk away from other people's problems. Yeah. You can't walk away from your own problems. No. You have to deal with it. Yeah. That's the difference. It's the self-effort that's required. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, is that with this knowledge, I, I 
can understand that it might help you to become more objective with other people's problems. But I don't know how plausible it is to say it's going to help me to be objective with my own problems. But it, it is. This is what development intellect does. Where the, 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 you're talking about intellect controlling the mind again. The emotions, problems occur in the mind. Yeah? Intellect reasons and thinks and says, okay, this person's passed away or whatever's happened, I had a car accident, someone went into me, whatever problems you, you have, okay, there is always a clear understanding behind that problem that, can be, that you, you can use to deal with it, yeah, even death. But because your emotions come into it, the clarity is gone so you can't understand what's going on. You'll tell her, you know, death is no big deal. But when it comes to yourself, that emotional feelings are involved. And this is, so therefore, it's more clouded for you. That clarity is not there. Because the emotions are more powerful. So if you do have a stronger intellect, you may still get emotional. But sooner or later, you'll be able to say to yourself, or you'll read something in the Bhagavad Gita or something, which gives you that clarity to think, Okay, I understand. I have mourned for two weeks or whatever. I need to move on. Another person who doesn't have this knowledge or doesn't understand, may, may um, ruin the rest of, his, rest of their life. They can never recover from it. You see? So that's the difference. We're not saying you won't be affected. How deep will that affection, affect, affectation be? How so quickly can you get over that? Yeah. Acceptance. Yeah. How Unders soon can I accept? Understanding. Clarity of thought. Understanding. That's where the intellect comes in. And that will come in and reason with the mind and says, okay, enough's enough. So acceptance of situations is from the intellect? Yeah. Reasoning, thinking, judging. Mind will get emotional. And it might take you a few days before that clarity of thought comes in. We're, we're all in that same boat. Some, someone gets, bumps into a car or you know, someone's being silly and does something accidentally, yeah? And you know that they're being silly. Initially, you're gonna react. It's a natural thing. But then you know, he's insured, I'm insured, no one's hurt. Okay, let's just deal with it. One thing that helps me is the um, other poem, Even This Shall Pass Away. Yeah. <laughs> you see? Yeah. So the mind, uh, intellect comes in and says, read this poem. <laughs> That's the intellect giving you clarity. A person who doesn't know about the poem, unfortunately, they will take them longer. And if I really... Uh, if you're really an emotional person, then you can engrave. So, but yeah. And if emotion is the quality of the intellect, emotional is a quality of the mind. So in this example, where you're dealing with someone else, you have the emotion, yeah? 
because it's a quality of your intellect. But when it comes to yourself, you are emotional because it's a quality of your mind. Actually, the emotions are from the mind. But when the intellect gets involved, then you're not getting emotional. Okay, fine. You have that yeah. control. Yes. But emotions come from the mind. So the difference is emotions and emo control. Basically, what we're saying is controlling any emotion is controlling it. Make sure your head is above the clouds. So, full control of emotions. <coughs> so, you? there's only one maxim, isn't it? Just to strengthen your intellect. Yeah, being aware. The more emotional you are, the more you have to work on it. Um, so, um, sorry. The paragraph before, actually, we needed to cover that. Um, so I'm going to read that anyway, yeah? Unless you want to read it, so you okay to read it? No, you So uh, it, this is basically what we've just covered. You may entertain passion and not turn passionate. Harbor emotion and not become emotional. Have sentiment, but not be sentimental. Emotionalism upsets your intellectual balance and poise. Passive subservience to emotion ruins your material and even spiritual well-being. Your intellect, rather than the impulse of your mind, should guide your life's activities. Do not fall a prey to your likes and dislikes, nor yield to your feelings and your emotion. Learn to become self-sufficient. It is the prerogative of the human race. So be in full control of emotions. Don't be a victim of your emotions. When you're emotional, you do things, act in certain ways that you regret later. I lost my temper for silly things. You can even kill someone, crimes of passion. What is passion? What is passion? Uncontrolled emotion. Uncontrolled emotion. rest of your life is finished. That one split second, you are not in control. Acted on your passion. rest of your life is finished. King Lear acted on his emotion. rest of his life was finished. Wandering in the forest. Once he's a king, palace, everything, guards. Next minute he's wandering as a madman in the forest with no one to look, take care. See how one act on emotion can destroy you. You lost control of emotions, anger, for that split second. So therefore uncontrolled emotions can be deadly. Any more examples of uncontrolled emotions? Road rage, there you go, road rage. Where can be the kindest, passive <laughs> human being? Something, somebody overtakes us and we lose it. 
True. <laughs> Isn't it? We may not show it, but inside we feel it, don't we? Why is that? Why is that? That split second. Idiot. And then people do silly things, don't they? I'll show him. This is what we're talking about. You understand people behave in their own way. You just be careful. Be in control. Be aware of idiots on the road. Expect them. Then what's the problem? Huh? There's a difference, isn't it, Drew? Okay, I'm going to work. There will be idiots on the road. Especially on that A40 section there. There's definitely lots of idiots there. I've got to be careful. And then there's no road rage because you're aware, you're, you're accepting that there will be people like that on the road. So you're more careful. We shouldn't say idiots there, should we? Hmm? <laughs> they what? That's the self-reminding <laughs> you that they are there. So <laughs> I didn't hear what you said. So much. We shouldn't be calling them idiots, though, should we? You can call it whatever you want. Oh, I mean, I have to keep it tame. <laughs> Might be other people are listening. You can, whatever, you're, whatever it is, you're calling them. It's a negative connotation, isn't it? But the thing is, it brings agitations within you. This is the problem. He's behaving normally as he is. Yeah? But it creates agitations within you. So you lose your Serenity. balance. You're listening to bhajans or classic FM, you know, driving, and next minute you lose it. Because why? Someone else is fault. So you need to be... Yeah, it's okay. Your ego kicks in. I'm better than him. This guy wants to take over. Let me move out of the way. Let him go. <laughs> I've still got plenty of time to get to work. Isn't it? That's the stance you need to take. So you're keeping your own balance of mind. It's a, you have to learn to do that. Yeah, I've started doing. If you're not going to remember this in a couple of weeks, what's the point in getting emotional about it? Exactly. Yeah. It's really good. Doesn't it affect you in any way? Why? Why lose your peace? of mind unnecessarily. There's people like that all in every walk of life, whatever we do, there's people at work like that. We're going to find them because the world is made up of so many different kinds of people. We just have to be aware. So, to have emotions to have emotions, therefore, is a virtue, but it would be a grievous error to let them interfere with your intellectual awareness and judgment. That would be a tantamount to spiritual weakness. Nevertheless, history reveals that humans have let their emotions overthrow discretion and judgment. In the Bhagavad Gita, the great warrior Arjuna is overwhelmed by his emotions. Completely deluded, he lost his intellect 
He could not carry out his obligatory duty as a warrior. He laid down his bow and arrow and refused to fight a righteous war. Lord Krishna rehabilitated him with the knowledge of right values of life. It cleared his delusion, set his thinking right. Arjuna rose over his weaker emotion and fulfilled his obligation as a warrior. Emotions are in the mind. Intellect reasons, judges, thinks. Remember that. This should not be clouded by your emotions. The intellect must guide the mind. So what happened on the battlefield? What happened on the battlefield? Sandhya, what happened on the battlefield? Arjuna was had to fight um, his uncles and family, and, that, and he was didn't want to do it, even though he knew he should. So he got emotional. That's my uncle. He taught me how to fight. That's my cousin. I was playing with him when I was a child. We grew up together. Is it grandfather as well? So. Yeah. Grandfather. Yep. How can I fight them? Even though they did so much injustice to him and his brothers, so much, still he's, how can I fight them? They had no issues. You're familiar with the story? Yeah. Familiar? Okay, so don't worry. Arjuna had to fight a righteous battle. But all the people he had to fight were his family members. So he became emotional and he lost control in the middle of the battlefield. Krishna is his driver. And uh, Krishna was friends on both sides. So Krishna offered uh, Duryodhan. Duryodhan. You can either have me or my army. It's your choice. One of you can have me and one of you can have my army. And he had a very powerful army. So Duryodhan said, I'll have your army. And Arjuna said, I'll have you, Krishna. You're my friend. But he goes, I won't fight. That's why he became the charioteer. He, he goes, I won't fight anyone, though. So he was the charioteer. So he, he went to the middle of the battlefield. Just when the fight was about to start, he went to the middle, middle of the battlefield. And I just said, I can't do this. I just can't do this. Can I kill my uncles, my grandfather, my cousins? You know, what's the point? I might as well just walk away, let them keep everything and leave it, but I can't fight. He became emotional. He lost control. Of his, he lost objectivity. He was a warrior. So doing what you ought to do, he was a warrior. He could not think clearly. Became deluded. So Krishna had to rehabilitate him. He acted as his intellect. Krishna acted as his intellect. This guy is not going to listen to nothing. I've got to, I got to guide him. He gave him knowledge of right values. Explained to him. Reasoned with him. He said it wasn't only about you, yourself. Your actions affect the whole of whole nation. These guys were, not all of them were bad, but Duryodhan was bad. And in those days, whoever was in charge, everyone had to be loyal to them. Without 
thinking if it's right or wrong. That was the problem. So you had to, you know how you are loyal to the king, no matter what he decisions he makes. So they had that allegiance. They didn't agree with what Duryodhana was doing, but they had that allegiance. Because your actions affect the whole nation. And it's your obligation to fight. So with Krishna's guidance, he was able to overcome his emotions and then fight. And then he won. So it's highlighting that this is the intellect, this is the mind, this is what can happen. So we, are, we have challenges every day in life like this. Not as bad as <coughs> Arjuna. <laughs> How is our uh, challenges compared to Arjuna's in life? In comparison, huh? <laughs> huh? We don't have to fight anyone, kill anyone, forget, no, never mind our family. <laughs> huh? So, see, these stories, they help you to understand from a perspective problems we have in life are nothing compared to serious problems. Compare your problem to that whenever you have any issues and that will help you to deal with it. Identify Rajana what he had to do. We have to make decisions every day. None as challenging as Arjuna had to make. Nevertheless, how are we making them? Reacting on our emotions or thinking with the intellect? Things happen, we get devastated. Lose our job, we get ill, death in the family. You know, these things are, are part of life. This is part of life. How are we able to deal with those challenges? Look at it another way. If you become emotional, can you deal with them better? So, what's the point? If emotion, being emotional helps you to deal with it, then fair enough. But it doesn't, does it, Rishi? Does it, get, does it help you? No. Okay, so what's the point then? Having that understanding then helps you to think, well, you know what, okay, I'm emotional, but got to draw a line now. Let's move on. Let's think how we're going to deal with this problem, whatever that may, issue may be. And if you can't think clearly, then go to someone who can think for you. Go to a Krishna in your life whoever that may be. It may not be a person. It may be reading a few verses in the Bhagavad Gita. It may be listening to lecture on action or emotion. But it could be anything. But you're surrendering to something higher which will give you the clarity. Reading a poem. Reading a poem. <laughs> See, this is what we're talking about. Okay, I have no control over my emotion. I need help. Okay, let me listen to a lecture. Let me read this poem. Let me speak to my friend who can help me to think for me. So Krishna means knowledge, clarity. Yeah? It's in your control. Any questions? Okay. Facets of emotion. No, hang on, that's you. Is it? Yep. 
So Ravi was supposed to read, but he cancelled us yesterday, so I had to prepare emergency reader. <laughs> the mind is composed of a wide variety of emotion. It ranges Hang on, from where are you? Patterns of emotion. Isn't the human mind. The human mind. Oh. Oh. It's not yeah. what you said. Yeah. You Isn't said the human? What I said? No, it's not what you said. You said the human mind is composed? Is that what you read? Yeah. Okay, sorry. I the human mind is composed of a wide variety of emotion. It ranges from obscene to pure, gross to subtle, demonic to divine. The quality of the emotion will depend on the direction it takes. An emotion that merely satisfies one's selfish, self-centered interest would be classified as impure, ignoble whereas that which extends beyond one's personal interest to accommodate the welfare of the community at large would be pure, noble. And when the emotion rises to embrace the entire universe, becomes all-pervasive, it is considered divine. So the, the mind has many different emotions, ranging from pure impure gross and subtle. We're not talking about, we're talking about the quality, not the emotions itself. So many emotions, but they have different qualities. So pure, impure, gross and subtle. So what's a pure emotion? It's saying, if it's unselfish emotion, your thoughts are not only on yourself, but thinking of others. What can I give? How can I serve? These are pure thoughts. See, it all boils down to being selfish and unselfish again. From this whole subject, if we can just learn to become unselfish, that you're covering everything. The wider the circle of identification, the more pure are your emotions. So, impure emotion, what's that? What's an impure emotion? Selfish. Selfish. That circle Sorry. is smaller. Smaller. That circle is smaller. Self-centered interest. How can I cater to myself? Forget everyone else. My, your partner, maybe your child. But that's about it. So that's considered impure. So we're not saying that you're impure, you have impure emotions. We're saying expand the circle of identification. See, we're all trying to become better human beings. We're all trying to find more peace and happiness. So it's saying if you increase your circle of identification, you will gain that. The more selfish you are, the more agitations you will gain, you will get. That's what we're saying. A meets B, A thinks, what can I get from B? and vice versa, rather than what can I give? How can I be of service to my friend B? So we're just trying to change the way we look at life, the way we behave. What about example of the difference between gross and subtle emotions? Saying pure, impure, gross, subtle. 
Any examples of gross and subtle emotions? What can be a gross emotion? So it depends on the direction it takes. So we can say gross emotions are directed towards the world. Subtle emotions directed towards the higher. Atman, Brahman, God principle, those are subtle emotions. It's just an example. So those are the different qualities of emotions that we, we harbor. So then we're going to talk about more specific emotions. Any questions? Emotions become detrimental when they are concentrated in your selfish interest. Emotion acts like medicine. Medicine cures a disease when administered in proper dosage. The same medicine turns harmful, even fatal, when consumed in a concentrated form. That explains why medicine bottles bear the stamp poison on their labels. It is meant to warn users against concentrated dosage. So too Vedanta cautions you against the peril of excessive egocentric emotion. A selfish emotion constricted to extremity could prove fatal. It is in your interest to heed this warning and avoid the devastating effect of emotion. A few emotions are described below and analysed. Their different features project, projected. The emotion being the same, the difference in its quality and texture makes or mars a person. Study them carefully, chasing your emotions. Make good use of them to mould yourself into a perfect human being. So it's understanding. We're, we're trying to understand what emotions are uh, in more depth. You can't study, you can't get this sort of uh, understanding through normal life. It, it, it has to be um, deep text, you know, like Upanishad kind of text where people have gone within and discovered who they are, what makes them tick. That's why it's difficult to find this in normal texts. So we already said we have to be careful of our emotions. Don't let them control you. You have to be in control of them. So he's saying excessive emotions is like poison. Self-centered, selfish emotions can be like poison. So if your emotions are not controlled, it can destroy you. It acts like po poison. Example, attachment. When you attach to your children so much that when they get fed up and leave you, you're devastated, you're destroyed. Too much emotions, too much attachment, acts like poison. Any other example? Excessive emotions. Takes the better of you. That's why it says medicine, is, emotions are like medicine, you only have to have in small dosage. Too much can, too much is like poison.
hatred, the things you can do with hatred. Destroying a person and destroys you as well. Okay, you don't like that person, fine. Move on. Extreme hatred. You know what that person did to me? I'll show him. You're, only de you're destroying yourself as well. So it's acting like poison to you as well. And in turn, you're destroying other things around you. Your family, the hatred is consuming. So I don't want people to misunderstand. Emotions are not bad. Yeah, they're beautiful. They're part of what makes us human. Feelings, love, kindness, charity, pity. These are all wonderful emotions. We wouldn't be human without them. But what we're saying is be in control of them. Don't let them <coughs> control your life. See the difference? Does everyone understand the extremity of what we're talking about here? How emotions can ruin your life? So you know when we talk about gross and subtle emotions, I don't know if my thought process is correct. So mm. Would you say a gross emotion is an egocentric emotion? Mm. And a subtle emotion would be things like compassion. Yep. Feeling for others. Thoughtfulness. Yep. So once yeah. again, as we said, it's selfish and unselfish. Gross emotion is, what can I get? Subtle is, what can I give? Can I give my emotions to this person to make them feel better? The example I gave was anything gross. It was just an example. Thoughts of the world, thoughts of the higher, that's gross and subtle. But bringing it down to earth, as Sittle said, thinking of others rather than yourself, gross and subtle. Feelings, feeling for someone. I feel for that person, what they went through. You have to think about these things. So this subject is all about going in, dissecting your personality, and then molding each part of your personality to make it better, to rehabilitate it. So it's an exercise that we all have to do. It's hard work. Really analyzing everything you do check and uh, looking at uh, what is positive, what is negative. You want to try and get yourself more towards the positive yeah. and lower the negative. Only you can be judge of your personality. These are all just tools to help you, guide you, what to look out for. But you have to do the, put in the effort. Just as the sage is putting the effort to find these, th these subtle knowledge we have to put in the effort to help us it's like physical exercise we know we go to the gym what to do in order to be physically fit so this is telling you what to do to be fit from within your intellect your mind those are all just because you can't see it 
that also needs exercise that also needs fitness so this is telling you how to do that does that make sense? it's not how you look outside it's how you are inside that matters a person can be very attractive from the outside but inside evil isn't it what's going to sustain friendship or that relationship afterwards the, exp the, the appearance is going to be you're going to look past that <laughs> only a matter of time so it's what's inside that matters you get neutralized to everything else Do you think that if you are more subtle than gross, whenever you, so some people might say that I'm a bad judge of character, okay, where no matter how bad a person is, you think they're good, just because actually you can't comprehend that, not bad. I mean, that's a silly word, but you can't understand or think that somebody could not be nice. So, so how, how do we project? How do we project life? How do we project other people? I think it's, if you're a good person, you see goodness in everybody. Yeah. Mm, that's the, but that's it. if you're not so good, then, yeah, we call it, not being able to judge characters, but we see people as we are. But that's what I mean about when you are, I suppose, so you know, one of the, I suppose, ideas is, is that you look at the company that you keep, okay, because it does influence you, right? So if I'm thinking that, you know, that person is good, but actually they're not, because I'm actually reflecting me, then eventually they could have a bad effect on me, okay, because I haven't judged them properly, because I'm, I'm thinking that everybody's the same as me and would never do what they are thinking or doing. And you, you could get really, affect, not affected, but you could get involved in that without you knowing it as such because you don't expect it or you, it's almost you don't turn a blind eye to it but you just cannot see it other people might be able to say to you you do know what that person is right and you begin what the no because you just you heard of that uh, saying that right? we project our own world yeah so you only see kindness love people doing good for each other, you project that world, so you see everything is like that. See? And then we get so affected when they, when they, when the bomb drops and we're thinking... But then I suppose that makes you cautious for next time, isn't it? So, so it's a lack of assessment. Yeah. How you're assessing the world, everything's rosy. Yeah. But that's a lack of assessment, no? And it's not your fault, 
you don't have the knowledge to understand how to assess the world. See, we're not saying then be cautious of every single person you meet. Yeah, but, but you have to be aware, okay. I'm going to be hurt if I surrender to this person completely. This person could hurt me. Yeah, I'm not saying just be cautious of everyone, but you have to have that awareness. Not everyone is good. Now you understand there's good and evil. There's a balance in the world of good and evil. How is that? That person might be evil. How do you know he's only good? You don't know what ideas he has in his head. So it's that awareness. Always on your guard. You know, it, not meaning always on the guard, but if you're going to go deep into a relationship, then you have to be more aware. You're meeting someone once a week, it doesn't really matter. Yeah? But if you're going to go into a relationship, you have to understand what is this person's character like. And for that, you need understanding and knowledge. Until we came across this subject, we didn't know that the world is made of good and evil. Yeah, we think everyone's good or everyone's evil. An evil person will see everyone as evil. I ain't trusting nobody, not even my mum. <laughs> Takes all my wages. This is, this is where it, either you trust everyone or you trust nobody. You have to have a balance. And for that, you need to be aware. You know the story. Krishna said to Duryodhana and Arjuna, go and find me a, a wicked man in the world. Arjuna came back and said, oh, I've looked everywhere. I can't find a single wicked man. And Duryodhana, go and find a, a good person. He went around the whole country and said, I can't find a single good person. Everyone's bad. He projected on world. bad person won't have controls. A good person will have controls. They're able to assess what the bad person is by knowing what initial reaction, uh, interaction with you, you will know straight away. Only if you're aware. Yeah. You see, this is the thing, you have to be aware. This so is the problem. The idea is to be a good person with a strong intellect. Good person yeah. and understanding that world is made up of good and bad. Who is this person? Let's see, let's assess. Is he a good or a bad person? Or someone who's very selfish. Selfish, yeah. Is he a very selfish person? Or is he an unselfish person? So these are all judgments, especially in a work colleague, you know, okay, this person like this, I always offer him, he never offers me. Yeah, you understand this is his nature, you know, but you're aware of it. You're able to judge, but where emotions come in, that judgment is difficult. So you're not emotional with work colleagues. But when it comes to relationships, children, family, etc., we're not, we let our guard down. Partner, girlfriend, crew. Boyfriend. <laughs> you have to be aware. What's that personality like? We're not saying that you shouldn't interact, but if you're aware of it, then you can deal with the problems and issues that may come up. Isn't it? This is what we're saying. This is being prepared for anything in life. 
there's a human bias actually to think that everyone is either all good or all bad. Mm. Yeah. Everyone find people find it hard to find. You know, there's bad things about all of us, or there's good in all people. But you know, they will you'll magnify one of those to basically represent their whole personality. So, I mean, there's there's goodness in everyone. There's goodness in everyone, but if we don't see that, see, ultimately, the way you should look at it, everyone is the self. If you can do that, then it doesn't matter, isn't it? If you can identify with that, then where's the issue? His vasanas are bad, but ultimately, is the self. Where's the problem then? I won't go near him. This is who. This is how his nature is. Agitates me, so I won't, I'll stay away from him or her. But yeah, you sympathise, in fact, with that person. Bad vastness. Ultimately, is the self. So then, if you can do that, then where's the problem? Everyone is good, but you're aware now. This is how 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 it is. So you have to prepare yourself to take on the world, isn't it, Emma? You know, being aware and thinking if someone's bad, does that not create ego in thinking that they're not as good as you? Well, there's badness in you as well. Yeah. You have to be aware of that as well. He may be bad in certain ways and good in other ways. Yeah. We're talking about when you, in life, when you interact with people, is having that awareness because that will then allow you to interact in a positive way with different people, a positive way with everyone. You understand this person is not a nice person. So you'll interact with them because they have to, he's your manager. You'll interact him, with him in a particular way, won't you? With being aware. And if you're aware he's a bad person, you won't be upset every time you, he, he tells you off. You understand this, this is nature. So ultimately, you're creating less agitations for yourself. So this is what we're talking about. And yes, you're right, it is your ego. If you, if you judge him based on how you are, then it's your ego. It's not judging anyone, it's being aware. There's a big difference. Being aware of people's nature. Being aware of everything in the world. It prepares you for life. This is what we're talking about. It prepares you for life. See, if we're looking at being spiritually developed or becoming a better human being, these are all the challenges that we're going to come across. If we're prepared for them, then we can evolve. If we're going to fall down in the first hurdle because we're not prepared, then where are we going to get to? You see, that's the difference. Preparation. Is that, does that, yeah? Ultimately, everyone's the self. He's only evil to me. He's <laughs> 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 nice with everyone else. It happens. It's all right. You know, I'm glad I'm not, I'm, I'm glad I'm not like that person. Yeah? You sympathize. And that's acceptance of people's nature.
You sympathize. They do, if they had the same upbringing as you, same love, care, attention, whatever, they, would be like, they wouldn't be like that, would they? So that's why you sympathize. So, love. We'll take up one paragraph okay. just to get everyone an understanding of what love is. <laughs> love is being in harmony with one and all. Love means realizing your identity with the world, your oneness with beings. To regard them as you would different parts of your physical body. Every part of the body is dear to you. You look at it, look after it as your whole being. Be it your fingers or your toes, your eyes or ears. So you must feel and realize the unity with your fellow beings. Your oneness with the entire universe. That is love a feeling that helps you maintain a perfect harmony with the world. You then live in peace and bliss. And if you lack the feeling of oneness, consider yourself separate and distinct from the rest. You would fall out of harmony with the world. You would deprive yourself of this great emotion of love and live a life of suffering and sorrow. That is the law. It's a law. Have to love everyone. Identify everyone, otherwise you'll suffer. Sorry, it's not what you thought love was, yeah. I'm about you can go home and say, I know what love is now. No, she kicked me out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an understand, but just doesn't. <laughs> You need to uh, be aware. <laughs> so true love, what is it? Feeling of oneness with all beings, all animals, the whole world. That's what you said earlier. Knowing that the self is in everyone. Yeah. I jumped the gun. The entire universe. Love is nothing but identification. Yeah. Love everyone like you love yourself. Can you? That's the marker. Can you love everyone like you love yourself? Working on it. <laughs> <laughs> love what every. If you don't love yourself. Well, well start you, first. You, you, <laughs> you got a lot of work to do. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people don't like themselves. Someone sent me quite an interesting on this subject uh, message about a week ago, and it, it actually generated a lot of thought about, you think a lot about it, that you love yourself, everyone, a lot of people, well everyone really, loves themselves for the innumerable amount of faults they have within them, but you will hate someone else yeah, just for one fault. You have so many faults within yourself, but you love yourself, but you hate someone else just for one or two of their faults. Is that fair? 
What's that famous saying, Jesus Christ? Hmm? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Judge, don't judge others. Look within, look at your sins first before you look at others. That's what he's saying. Easy to find faults in others, but how many of us can we object and find faults within? <laughs> I know, it is difficult. Yeah. yeah, physically you might say I need to, you know, cut my hair or, in my case, not. But, <laughs> you know, physically you may look at things, but otherwise internally we don't say I'm like this and I'm like that. I'm really selfish. I should look after my parents more, cater to their needs more. Because we don't do that analysis often enough. It's difficult. Mm. It's, it's easier. The effort needed to look at others is easier than looking at yourself. You have to go through the emotional barrier to look at yourself. Is it again what you just said earlier? It's a gross, the gross effort is easier. Mm. The subtle effort is yeah. harder. Looking outside is gross. Looking within is subtle. It's like love everyone like you love different parts of your own body. My hand. I love my hand. It's beautiful. Love everyone the same. Your partner's hand. Your hand is also very beautiful. See everyone in the same light. When you're able to identify with all your fellow beings in this way, this is true love. You're one with the world. See, this is, we're talking ultimate here. Yeah, we're gonna go into the more individualistic in a bit, but this is the ultimate we're talking about. This is what a self-realized person would feel. When you're able to identify with all your fellow beings in this way, this is true love. You're one with the world, in harmony with the world. You live a happy, peaceful life. When you feel different from others, then you deprive yourself of pure love and you suffer. This is a law. See, now, in a real, realistic perspective, if you love everyone and everything in the world, where is there room for agitations? The world behaves the way it behaves. It has its own personality. People behave the way they do, that's their personality. Animals behave in a particular way, that's their personality. You have an understanding, but you understand that everyone is the spirit. Everyone is the self. This is the nature of the world. Where's the problem? Any issues then, it's with you. It will rain in winter and snow. You don't want it to, then what's the, the problem is with you. Where's the issues? So when you feel different from others, from nature, from the world, who suffers? Yourself. So it's all about learning how to um, see life, how to deal with life, the world. Any questions? Of course, there's quite a bit on love. This isn't, but you know what? It's a good point to start. 
to stop because if we can identify with that, we don't need to carry on the rest. <laughs> we'll move on to the next topic, <laughs> kindness. We, love that, don't you? we don't even have to do kindness and pity, actually. We can go into the next chapter altogether. <laughs> Any questions from anyone? We've got a few minutes. This is a very important topic that we understand it. That's why I don't want to uh, dilute it and rush it in any way.